A rocket scientist, a geologist, a seismologist, an environmental engineer, a priest, and a mediator sat in blue velvet armchairs that made a small arc across the lecture stage at Berkeley University's Wheeler Hall. All 700 seats were full and a zoo of cameras and reporters crowded the open floor space in front of the stage, broadcasting the event out to countless networks and streaming platforms. I am Alana, and this is Racing Home the podcast where I unpack the journey of writing the first book in a series about the end of the world. Welcome. Jim Carrey has cracked the code. Last week, I left you with the most ridiculous ramblings and frustrations surrounding how I'm struggling with actually discovering the catalyst for the big climax of my book, the quote unquote, end of the world. How is the world gonna end? I didn't know. So last week I had come to this place of, I'm just gonna trust the reader to suspend their belief. I don't, maybe don't need to know why this happens, why the trees all burn, except of course I was lying to myself and I will feel much better knowing why. And thanks to Jim Carrey, I know. So let me backtrack a little bit before I get to Jim. Good old Jimbo and his life-saving intervention into this story. I started doing research last week, spent quite a bit of time digging into um, what's actually going on in space and what do we know about space and what are the chances of an asteroid destroying Earth. Now, I didn't know if this is actually the direction I wanted to take, but I needed to explore all the possibilities because I'd wondered about allowing the destruction to come from within the Earth. So the Earth's core erupts in multiple volcanoes all across the world. Could that possibly happen? And I guess in an extreme case, sure, that you could write that believably, but the main survival pod is within an old mine shaft. So if the destruction came from the center of the earth, wouldn't the mine shafts go first before the surface area? (sighs) You see what I'm saying? So I think my destruction should at least begin from the sky. So the stuff that I discovered was really unsettling and upsetting And it's stuff I don't want to know because it just punctuates the fragility of humanity, of our planet, with a huge exclamation point. And I don't want to think about that. (laughs) But at the same time, it helped me accept the possibility of believability in my book. And that's a winner. But I wasn't sure how to spin this idea of potential space chaos raining down on Earth with mass destruction because evidence has shown that a single asteroid hit, unless it's just massive in size, which we aren't clocking, we aren't seeing huge, huge pieces of rock. They're huge, but not huge as in full annihilation. How can you make something like that translate into a worldwide 
event? Like how does that trigger a whole line of events that causes the destruction that I need in order to make this story stand? Are you with me? So I was reading Jim Carrey's book, Memoirs and Misinformation. So I started this book like a week ago, maybe it was two weeks ago. I have so many thoughts about it. I finished it yesterday and my report is I loved it. It is chaos for the pure joy of chaos. Like I don't even know how to classify it. I had posted something about it on my Instagram stories and someone responded asking, like they were curious about it, asking if they should read it. And (laughs) this is how I described the book. It's like if chaos was personified, fed an unsafe amount of LSD, Vomited out a ridiculous narrative that is actually so well written you're tricked into thinking it makes sense with an earnest Nicolas Cage playing every single character. They decided not to read it based on that review. I would push back and say, please give it a try because in so many ways it might change the way that you're looking at the world. And if for nothing less, tune in for the moment Kanye West appears on the scene. Trust me. I loved it. It's the craziest. But anyways, in short, it is a book about the end of the world. My book is about the end of the world. Something in the way he expressed this crazy vision of the end triggered an answer to my question of how is it going to work in my story. And it was in this moment near the end of the book where Jim Carrey is, he's in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean. He might be the last person on earth. We don't actually know. We don't have those answers. In those those deep moments of, of peril and existential mourning over the loss of everything, as his character in this book is feeling all these things, the answer for my own book, landed upon me. So thank you, Jim Carrey. I think I need to mention you and your book in my acknowledgements when, when, when the trees all burn comes out, because you are the reason that I can move forward confidently with an answer that, well, not as chaotic as your rendition of the end of the world. It is rather ridiculous and crazy, but I'm going with it. Thank you. So because of the research I did and because of this new discovery, I have managed to write quite a big scene. So you heard the opening of it at the beginning of this episode. You know, a rocket science, a geologist, a seismologist, an environmental engineer, a priest and a mediator. It starts off like a bad joke, which is very, very intentional. But writing out this mediated conversation between all these experts has been really a fascinating exercise for me. And I'm just going to leave you off with a little bit more of that so you can kind of see the effects of some of that research, some of that realization come into play. So that's all I have to share. I hope to get some more dedicated work on it now that I actually have some answers. I feel like I'll be able to move forward much more effectively and start filling in all the gaps that are required before this draft is fully finished. Just for interest's sake, the draft is sitting at 72,724 words. And as you know, my goal had been 70,000 by December 31st. 
So I feel good about my progress. Obviously, I wish I was farther, but here we are. Let's dive into a little bit of that mediated conversation. Let's go. It's a fool's errand to predict the end of the world, said the priest. Look at all who have tried before him, fools, always proven wrong. One time it will be proven right, the environmental engineer said. It only takes one time. But what are the odds that an event of such magnitude could occur without warning from the scientific community, the mediator interjected. 0.001%, said the seismologist. We are wise, but we are not omniscient, said the geologist. We have only explored 5% of the ocean. We can only guess at the turmoil boiling up at its depths. Yet Rajiv speaks of fire. Can fire come from the sea? The priest asked. As surely as the sky, the geologist replied. The rocket scientist chewed her lip before contributing. We've explored even less of space, she said. Though unlikely, something could have occurred millions of light years ago that set a course for the annihilation of Earth within our time. And the chances of that, the mediator asked. One in 10,000. A sharp intake of collective breath spread across the room. 0.0001%, she continued. Look at the world population, over 8 billion. Approximately 800,000 of those people are afflicted with Huntington's disease, a terminal illness. An asteroid could be a terminal illness for Earth. Out of the billions of planets and stars, what makes ours any more protected than another? The odds of winning the lottery are 1 in 14 million and someone wins that every week. In a heartbeat, the odds become 100% to that lottery winner or 100% to that person diagnosed with Huntington's. So we've never been safe, the mediator asked. Safe? Of course not. Everything is in a delicate balance. Just look at our water levels, the environmental engineer said, adjusting his collar. Every choice we make in our climate crisis fight, or lack thereof, draws us closer to our own potential destruction, of our own doing. We are waking up too late. And yet, projections say human life can be sustained for multiple generations if we don't change at all, said the priest. Sustained does not mean flourish, said the environmentalist. At our current rate of destruction, if Earth does not experience a massive reset, we will cross a point of no return. Nature responds to tension and disease through rebirth. If we allowed her to speak, she would ask for the extinction of humans. How much control do we have? The mediator asked. None, the panel members replied in almost perfect unison. So why bother? Why the ongoing research? Knowledge is power, the rocket scientist said. Is Rajiv Montgomery Noah's knowledge power? The priest asked. With no science to back it up, it is nothing but hearsay, said the seismologist. But I will say this. We have been detecting some unusual activity, some unsettled rumbles below Russia as well as the Atlantic seaboard that we haven't yet identified. As water levels rise, we are seeing an increasing change in the shifting of tectonic plates. We've yet to identify the cause. The environmental scientist scoffed and leaned back in his seat. Of course you know the cause. There is no argument against the fact that climate change is wreaking havoc on our planet. It's cause and effect. For every ounce of carbon emission, there is an answer from nature, and nature has been warning us for years. So you believe the claim of Mr. Noah, the mediator asked. Not necessarily, but I will say that we have placed our planet in such a state of fragility that should some mass event target us, we have used up much of the resources that might naturally resist it. Meaning... Meaning, if you already understand how hard it is becoming to battle the California wildfires, imagine if something sparks those but multiplies it by a thousand, even a hundred, and we would be looking at a massive loss. Enough heat or impact at precise locations across the planet could ignite dead long, even unregistered volcanoes, the geologist said, which in turn can trigger earthquakes, added the seismologist. Has no one considered aliens, the rocket scientist asked, and a nervous chuckle spread through the crowd. Don't be absurd, said the priest. So are we doomed? asked the mediator. 
Inevitably, said the environmental engineer, life is sacred and fragile and a perfect balance is required to sustain it. Earth will be destroyed. When is the only unknown? Chin up, bright eyes. We'll talk again next week. Racing Home. Racing Home is a Chicken Ice Press production. Theme music by Alex Grohl and Alana Rusnak. If you would like to support my writing journey with a small financial donation, you may do so by visiting bio.site slash Alana Rusnak. That link is available in the show notes. You can make a donation of any size of your choosing and it will go towards funding the production of this book. Writing takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It requires a lot of coffee and chocolate. So if you want to help out, that's one way you can do it. Donations over $50 will be automatically signed up to receive a signed copy of When the Trees All Burn at least one week before official launch. <laughs>